Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned into the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my very special guest by way of Jupiter, Florida, originally by way of Philadelphia, PA, a 21-year associate for Certified Credit, where he is the regional vice president, a 30-year veteran of the credit industry, my man. Mark Tetta. Mark, welcome to the Loan Officer Podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Dawg. Dustin, I appreciate you having me. Yes, thanks for coming on board. So uh, we're going to have some fun today with credit. Okay. Because when I hear credit, I think, oh my God, this is going to be freaking fun. Right. Actually, no, that's not what I hear. <laughs> when I hear credit, right, I watch people slump over. I watch buttholes pucker. I watch eyes shut and fear take over. Mm-hmm. So what I want to do is I want to pick your brain for the next 20, 30, 40 minutes, however long that we decide we want to go. Okay. And I want to share with our loan officers who tune in, our realtor friends who tune in, our homeowners or future homeowners that tune in. I basically, on all four of those, I think I encompass like at least 70% of the populace. Let's add another 15% to it. And I also want to talk to the people who are yet to become homeowners, but they really want to, but they're worried about their credit. Right. Right. And I want to talk about things that that people should know, maybe dispel some myths. And the reason why I wanted you to come do the show with us is because I have known you now for going on a decade. And I know that you travel your territory and you give presentations to right. loan officers to realtors, you you teach at first-time homebuyer seminars. I want to take all of that and let's condense it into today's episode. Great. Awesome. You cool with that? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I all think right. it'd be great. Where would you like to start with this? Um, first, uh, what consumers, I think, would need to know before they come to see Dustin to write an application to purchase a new home. Okay, so you want to start with credit basics. Right. What is credit? Why do we have it? Why is it important? Right. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, credit is is such a wide ranging, very gray area. Um, But what's really important in the mortgage industry is understanding how the mortgage industry breaks down credit differently than, you know, having a consumer credit report or when you go to buy a car. Oh, wait a minute. Mind blown already. Here we are like three minutes into this podcast. Are you telling me I have more than one credit score? Yes. Right. Get out of mm-hmm. town. Yes. Okay. So that's good to know. Right. That's my first takeaway. Anyone yep. tuned in, there's more than just one credit score. Right. You're going to tell me how the mortgage credit rating is different than like a consumer credit sure. report? Right. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we have our own scoring models in the mortgage industry um, that were developed back when Fannie's DU system and Freddie's LP system came into play. What? 20 years ago? At least 20, if not 30 years ago. Right. Yep. So, you know, the models that we're using for the mortgage side for submitting to the automated underwriting systems are different models than are used anywhere else for anything like buying cars or um, getting insurance or anything. Um, Do those models have names? 
<laughs> so FICO is a common terminology for, it seems like, all-encompassing credit score. But that's Fair Isaac, right? That is FICO. Fair Isaac and Company, correct. See, Dustin knows his stuff now. He's been in the mortgage business for a long time. So, <laughs> right, True story. I didn't know anything right. about credit until I got in this industry. I knew right. nothing about nothing, honestly, mm -hmm. until I entered into the mortgage industry. So when people see me get on my soapbox and start advocating, right. it's because becoming a loan officer really encompasses so much who I became as a person. Right. So yeah, true story. I did not know that FICO stood for Fair Isaac and Company. Yep. But is that the scoring model that we follow? Is so, it their particular scoring model? It's a it's a version okay. of it. So Equifax has the Beacon 5.0, Experian uses version 2, and TransUnion uses the um, 08 model, so I believe. So I'm guessing that's why when my credit is pulled, for a home loan, because whenever you pull for a home loan, I do know that we have to pull what's called a tri-merge credit report. Correct. Tri-merge means I have three right. credit scores, and those credit scores are typically different. Right. And they're different. Is that because there's different scoring models depending on if it was Experian, TransUnion, or Equifax? Right. So the models that were created that are used for the mortgage underwriting, the algorithm is basically the same. But what's different is not every creditor reports to all three of the bureaus. So you may have a small collection company or a courthouse here in Orlando that doesn't report to Equifax. Maybe it only reports to Experian and TransUnion. So if there's a bankruptcy on one of those bureaus and not on the Equifax file, your credit score for Equifax is going to be way higher than the other two. Ah, I remember applying for an auto loan. And my auto loan company, mm -hmm. it was a local regionalized bank at right. the time, they only pulled my Equifax score. Right. And they only reported it to Equifax. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So going forward, because I had that car payment for like four years mm -hmm. and I never missed a payment, I actually had a higher score right. on the Equifax. Mm -hmm. And now I'm learning that's probably because TransUnion and Experian didn't receive the reporting that A, I had that installment debt and B, I always made the payments on time. Right. Wow. So okay. these, yeah. So these creditors are charged a fee for reporting their information to the bureaus. So the smaller companies um, sometimes don't report to all three just because of cost. You know, obviously your Wells, PNC, you know, Bank of America, those guys can afford to send their information to all three bureaus. So that's really the biggest difference because the algorithm is really created the same for all three. But because you have different data flowing through the model, it's creating a different score. That's why very rarely, and you've pulled a ton of files in your time as a loan officer, and you really don't see the same score. Maybe sometimes they're close, but usually they're off. And Well, and I don't see the same score when I go get an auto loan. Right. And I don't see the same score when I go to Credit Karma. Mm -hmm. Why yeah. is that? Why do I see one particular credit score when I go to Credit Karma but my mortgage lender gave me a different score and my credit union gave me a different one when I applied for an auto loan through them. Right. So they're, they're, they're weighting the different trade lines differently. So the mortgage industry and their models look at certain things like paid collections differently than a consumer model might. Okay. Um, car loans, same thing. Like they're weighting more their car loan trade line than they would, you know, a credit card or a delinquent account or something. So they're all looking at different criteria and weighting that differently when it runs through the algorithm. So it'd be like being back in school and I had, um, I could take English 101 with Professor Jones mm -hmm. and English 101 with Professor Smith, mm -hmm. but 
the rubric I received from Professor Jones said that 50% of my grade was in quizzes and the other 50% was broken down between test scores and attendance. Right. Where the other professor may have said 75% was attendance only. Mm-hmm. 25% of my grade would have been tests and quizzes. Right. At which point that latter professor, I would have failed because I could never take a class that it had that much of an attendance requirement as a part of the rubric <laughs> for the grade. Right. But I was totally cool with quizzes and tests. You're telling me as a consumer, when I'm looking at my credit, yes, I'm going to have a different credit score based on that rubric or that formula. Right. If it's a car loan, they're probably going to weigh more heavily on what is my experience of having car loans and paying them on time Right. versus when I get a mortgage, they're obviously going to look at, do I have a mortgage history? And if I do, what is it like, right. et cetera. Correct. Yep. Okay. What? And then is that similar to why when I go in credit karma, it's like, Close, but not really. Yeah. So Credit Karma seems to be, you know, and it's a great resource for people to go and check their credit before trying to get a car loan or a home loan or something like that to get an idea. Because essentially the scores are different through different industries, but you're always going to see the same data. You're always going to see the same trade line. It's just maybe weighted differently through the mortgage algorithm than it is through the car algorithm. Um, And that's why the mortgage industry uses the middle score just because they know that there's a difference. Like Vantage score came out years and years ago and that was a joint effort from all three bureaus to try to get all the scores to be closer to, you know, to be the same score, if you will. But it can't be because unless the data is all exactly the same from each bureau, it's gonna be different. Just like when you click view FICO score when you're on paying your American Express or your Visa card or something like that, that's a consumer score. Credit Karma is a consumer score. So they tend to weight things a little differently than the auto scores, than the mortgage scores. You know, you have to think about a consumer score is really just a look score, whereas an auto score, a mortgage score is we're going to lend you money score. That is, uh, I like how you put that, it's a just a look mm-hmm. score. Right. Because there's nothing more frustrating as a professional who works in the financial services industry where we lend money, right? And again, it could be, whether I work for Discover Card or I work for AutoNation or I work for Waterstone Mortgage, all three of those professions, you're dealing with consumers and their credit scores. And the consumer walks in and they want to argue with someone like me, who, by the way, I'm a 100% commissioned salesperson. Right. I want to do nothing except close on a transaction for you so I can get paid and provide for my family and maybe take a cool trip to Austin, Texas. Right. Right. And they want to argue with me about their credit score. Well, Credit Karma says blah, blah, blah. Right. And I, I've never really known how to properly explain it. Mm-hmm. And and I like how you said it. Like, look, Credit Karma is fantastic for you to take a look. Mm-hmm. The data that's on there, the info that's on there is going to be accurate. Mm-hmm. But how it's scored is going to be different. Right. Yep. Um, and would you recommend people on, on average, how, how often should you be looking at your credit? Like, do you have a certain rule of thumb that, that you teach and you follow? Yeah. So like, you know, definitely at least once a year, you know, there's more, there's people that look at it more than that. And the bureaus will provide you through annualcreditreport.com, a free copy of your credit report used to be pre COVID once a year, you would get a copy from all three bureaus. You don't get the credit score. You have to pay for the credit score, which is a consumer, their vantage score, if you will. Um, But you really want to look at it at least once or twice or definitely before you start looking for a home. 
because you want to make sure identity theft and fraud is rampant right now and has been for a while. So you always want to make sure that are these my trade lines? Did somebody open up my open up three or four credit cards that I know nothing about? And unless you're looking at your credit report, you don't know that until you come into the office and sit down and Dustin pulls your credit report and they're looking at it and they're going, well, those three credit cards aren't mine. Whose are those? Well, those are the identity thieves who stole your identity and opened up cards. And because you don't look at your credit or have like a credit monitoring program, which I strongly recommend that everyone does, you're not notified unless somebody opens up, you know, when somebody opens up an account through an identity, you know, monitoring program that an account's been opened or that there's been an inquiry or something along those lines. All right, so lots of useful info here from a 30-year credit veteran. (laughs) Let's start with check your credit annually, and Mm -hmm. you can do so for free at, what was the website again? Annualcreditreport.com. But understand, they're not going to give you a score. Right. They're going to give you the body of your report. Right. What, What is being reported and is that information A, yours, and then B, is it being reported accurately? Correct. And if you wanted to get a score, you could pay probably 40, 50 bucks to do so. Right. But I'm going to tell you that score is still a very large target mm-hmm. because that's a consumer report. That's not a, that, which is different than the report you're going to obtain or your lender's going to obtain when you apply for a home loan, which is different than the report your lender's going to obtain when you apply for an auto loan. And I would say the three most popular or common loans that people obtain besides credit cards, which that's consumer finance, correct? Sure. Yeah. Um, But the, the, it would be an auto loan, a home loan and a student loan. Right. Three of those are, are installment debts. A credit card will be a revolving debt, and that's probably going to mirror more of the the consumer aspect of things. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um, there's another nugget that that you dropped. It wasn't. It was on the credit monitoring. Right. Is there a particular service that you prefer or that you recommend? I I don't recommend one in particular. Okay. Because there's so many out there. So you can get that through your credit card companies. You can get it through your banks. Um, honestly, the one that I use came through AAA. We're members of AAA okay. and we get a discount on the one that we use. So not um, only can they come and give you roadside assistance, right? not only can AAA help you book some really discounted travel, right? but they'll also monitor your credit. They will. Man, yeah. they're great people over they're, there at AAA. They're awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Okay. Yeah. So you, you personally use AAA's service to monitor your credit. And right. what do they do? Do they like alert you when something looks different and off? Yes. Or, so. or are you like locked down and in order for you to go apply for credit, you have to call AAA and be like, hey, I need you to unlock me so I can go apply for this new car loan. Right. So you dropped a couple of good nuggets all in the same deal right there. And yes to several of those questions. So first and foremost, when you're monitoring your credit, you have to do it with all three bureaus. Okay. So AAA offered a deal where they would do Experian for free, but that's not enough. You have to do monitoring with Equifax and TransUnion as well. Um, Otherwise, you're not getting the whole picture. Just like you said earlier, when you got a car loan, they only pulled your Equifax file. Well, folks up in the Northeast generally would do that with TransUnion because that's where TransUnion is located. Experian is really like Texas out west, out to California. So you want to make sure that you're monitoring all three bureaus at all times. Um, As far as locking and unlocking, my wife and I have become the victim of identity thefts in the last couple of months. It was an absolute nightmare. And you would think here I am 30 years in the business. But luckily, we had our files locked or frozen. Some of the bureaus lock them, some of them freeze them. 
So um, they weren't able to open up credit card accounts because unless your um, file is accessible, we were getting letters in the mail saying, hey, that's great that you've applied for one of our you know, platinum Visa cards. As soon as you unfreeze or unlock your file, let us know and we'll go ahead and process the application. That had been scary. Like you or your wife's on the phone with a divorce attorney. I don't know what she's doing, but I keep on, she's out there applying for credit in my name. <laughs> so absolutely flipped out. My poor wife of all people, checking and savings accounts, they'll open because they don't pull your credit for that. So they actually opened up checking and savings accounts at five or six banks around the country they had checks made out with her name wow. and our address no way. and everything. And we were getting return check things in the mail. Did you ever find out how they accessed all that? We don't know. Um, we talked to a gentleman at a bank up in Pennsylvania and um, he actually sent a copy. They had somehow they had gotten a copy of her driver's license. Um, so they were using her driver's license. They created an email account in her name and just, I mean, the whole nine yards was just crazy. So the credit cards and the loans were stopped and were not open because those are hard pulls and you're always looking for, you know, that to open a credit card, they want to pull your credit. To give you a loan, they want to mm -hmm. pull your credit. Checking and savings, they don't because you're generally depositing money. So these guys were actually depositing small amounts of money and opening checking and savings accounts with her name, her social, our home address. Wow. Yeah. So, so you were saved a little bit and was that strictly due to your credit monitoring service? Like had you not had it, it could have been like a snowball effect and Way substantially worse. worse. Yeah. Okay. Cause we were being notified at that point, it was all happening at the same time. So we were getting notifications from the protect my ID company um, that monitors our stuff that inquiries were happening. So like my son just moved to a new house here at, he goes to UCF. Go so Knights. Charge on. Um, so they need to pull your credit. So we had to unlock the credit in order for the new landlord to pull the credit in order to approve us for the lease. So every time you have something done to your credit, they even have parts where you can, you know, if your balance goes over a certain amount for a credit card, they'll send you an alert. So that's really the key. You've got to protect yourself, lock or freeze your file and have some sort of credit monitoring. And that's what saved us because they stole no money from us through this whole nightmare process. They opened some accounts, but we were shutting them down. And nowadays the banks are pretty good. They'll see patterns with these identity thieves and they would call us like Bank of America. Hey, we see that you guys mm -hmm. were trying to apply for a loan. Call us back. It looks a little fishy and we'd call back and sure enough, they shut it down and that kind of thing. But um, so the monitoring really was a huge part of saving us from a lot more headaches basically. Well, that's good. So we've we've learned already to pull your annual credit report to review it for accuracy and be signed up for a credit credit monitoring service. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you had mentioned earlier, almost giving advice to someone who is looking to obtain a home loan. Right. Like, hey, make sure you're pulling your report before you obtain your home loan. And I'll even go one step further. My experience is like, hey, that credit report that I pull is good for 120 days. Right. It takes us roughly 30 days to close a loan on average. We can do some in 18 days. Certain sellers don't want out for 45 days, right? But right. on average, we're 30 days to close a file. That means I have 90 days. When you're 90 days out, I would recommend go ahead and reach out to the loan officer of your choice. 
of the loan officer that your realtor or your builder recommends. Mm -hmm. And ask and have him or her pull your credit. Go ahead and apply for a pre-approval. Right. Because if you're pulling your own, my my fear as a lender is you're going to base everything off of this consumer report. Right. And it doesn't give you a score. Or if it does give you a score, it's not the same score that I use. So you're running all these simulators thinking you have a, a 730 credit score or a 750 credit score and really you have a 690. Right. I'd rather you find out that three months before you're looking to go under contract because maybe I attended a class taught by Mark Tetta. And maybe Mark taught me some tips or tricks as a loan officer mm -hmm. that I could use one of your scoring modulators. Right. And I start running some hypotheticals. Well, what if you paid down that credit card? Right. What if you closed that Best Buy account? What if you paid off that old collection that's still reporting? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, well, I can help this person get their credit score back up to a 720. Right. But I couldn't do any of that if they were calling me or someone like me to pull their credit the day they were making an offer or the day they're making the day before they're making an offer. Right. So I'd recommend anyone tuning in actually, especially on a home loan, reach out early in the process, go ahead and apply for your pre-approval, have your lender pull a tri merged credit rate, uh, a mortgage rated credit report. Correct. So that we're working with real data and that professional can really act on your behalf. Right. I'm assuming, Certified credit, your employer, you guys probably have some really cool tools we do. for your clients to use. And by the way, does certified only sell to the mortgage industry or do you do you sell credit access to other industries? I'm just curious. I don't know this. Yeah, so we do business. Um, we actually um, have an uh, employment screening company, a lot of awesome mortgage companies here in Orlando. So we not only service their, you know, the mortgage side, but we screen all their prospective employees. Okay. So we do background checks for them. We do tenant screening for realtors or property management companies that do rentals. Um, we do have codes for a couple of the bureaus for um, auto dealerships. Okay. Um, so yeah, so we you know kind of get dabble a little bit more. Mortgage is really you know our main portion, but we definitely involved in some other you know some other industries as well. While we're talking about it, would you mind throwing out your contact information? Maybe JC can throw it up on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, he'll throw it up on the screen. But for those that are listening on Spotify or Apple or Google Play, sure. Um, how would someone reach you, Mark Tetto Certified Credit, especially if you're you're running a mortgage company, you're going to start a mortgage company, or you need help with background checks, or right. maybe you're an auto dealership that that needs the ability to to pull credit. Um, you'd be the guy that they'd want to reach out to. How do they get a hold of you? Sure. So my email address is mark at certifiedcredit.com. That's Mark with a K. Yep. Mark at certifiedcredit.com. Correct. And a phone number? Yep. 561-371-5754. That's 561-371-5754. 5754. I need Correct. to get that out of the way. Yeah, no, I You know what I didn't get out of the way? What's that? There may be some people right now that they're only tuning in because they're friends with you. Right. That well, means this is their first time ever listening to the Loan Officer Podcast, affectionately known as T-Lop. You're a T-Lopper. I know you tune in, <laughs> right? That's how we actually ended up uh, getting you on the show Right. Is, is that you tune in. But if you're tuning in for the first time, I first must say thank you. Second, I'm going to ask you to give us a review and share the heck out of us, especially if you like what we're doing. Okay. You can find us on YouTube. We are at The Loan Officer Podcast. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere where you can find podcasts, at The Loan Officer Podcast. And if you're into social media, 
I'm sure your kids, your son and daughter are on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Guess what? We're on TikTok. <laughs> we're also on Instagram. Or if you're old like me and Mark, we are on Facebook. If you're into neither of those and you're just a strict, straight up business professional, guess what? We have LinkedIn as well. LinkedIn, right, sure. You all through all four of those social media platforms, we are at the Lone Officer Podcast. If you want to find me, the best way to get a hold of me is Dustin Owen, and I'm on LinkedIn, and he is Mark Tedda, and he's on LinkedIn as well. And how do I know that? Because Mark and I, we could have texted. We could have called each other. He's one of the 100 people that are programmed into my cell phone. Nice. But no, we, LinkedIn. Right. You and I were, were DMing via LinkedIn. That's how we got you up here from Jupiter, Florida, into the TLOP. I call it the studio office. <laughs> it's my office. We turned it into a studio. Right. All right. So I have some more questions. Do you have some more sure. time? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And this is awesome, by the way. So thank you for having me on. You know. I oh, really thanks for coming. No, thanks for great. coming. Like we don't have enough credit experts. We have Credit Christy, Christy Service. Okay. Uh, who does a fantastic job? She's a local top producing loan officer. Like I think last year she had like forty million in production, and it was her fourth year ever. Wow. But um, credit com uh, credit Christy comes on, and that's kind of her passion. Okay. Uh, credit, but you have something that credit Christy doesn't have. 30 right. years as a credit expert, right? <laughs> 21, 21 years with the same company doing what you do. Right. I'm curious, what are some of the myths that, I mean, you gotta, you gotta know them like the back of your uh, hand, like, oh my goodness, if I get asked this again, or if I hear someone say X one more time, I'm going to scream. Right. What are some things that, that consumers, especially, but even loan officers or the realtors that support the consumer, the loan officer, what are some things that people just get dead wrong about credit that if you could change the world, you would change that part of it? Right. Okay. Well, the one thing that we talked about was the difference in the consumer models versus the mortgage model. Okay. So you get that too on your, on your level. So believe it or not, when I do my seminars for loan officers at real estate or builder offices, that kind of thing, I inevitably get, and this is hard to believe, but people that have been in the industry for a long time that don't know that. Wow. I never knew that the scores were different on certain. And I look at them and go, and you're how long in the business now? Uh, there's no so, way. Right. There's no way a a full-time professional experience mortgage loan originator would say that. Now, maybe the builders and the realtors would. More so on okay. that side, the sales agents. And by the right. way, kudos yeah. to you. I don't know any other regional vice presidents of, of credit companies mm -hmm. that are ground level, street level, in the trenches with their clients, right? investing in their business the way that you do it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're just like, yeah, no big deal. I'm going to hop on this Zoom. I'm going to have 30 participants. I'm going to go to this builder. I'm going to have 20 people there. I'm going to go to this real estate office. I'm going to have 100 people there. Right. You're not there because they called Mark Teta. Right. You're there because they called a particular lender as a client of yours and as an added value to them, you bring your expertise to them. Right. I think it's badass. Like kudos, high five. I don't know many of your competitors who do that. Okay. Just, cool. hey, for anyone who's, I mean, it's, it's a shameless plug right. uh, for, for you and your company, but it's not even shameless because full disclosure, my mortgage company doesn't use you guys. Right. Not yet. Right. If you and I had our way, That's that right. would change. That's right. Yep. Right. And and one of the one of the factors that I'm using, I'm like, I'm, I'm telling my CIO and COO, like, you need to talk to this guy, Mark, because- this is some stuff that he does added value to his clients. Right. Like I think it's pretty awesome. So as I digress, let's hop back on the train that we were just on. Right. What's another thing that, that you find is a myth that you just need to dispel when it comes to consumer credit? Um, one of the main things I hear a lot about is, you know, 
the 30% rule for your credit cards, which is a great, it's a great rule to keep your balances 30% of the high credit. Okay. So, so a rule of thumb is make sure that you don't have credit cards maxed out. Right. And a rule of thumb would be if your credit card has a $1,000 limit, mm -hmm. never, ever, 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 ever charge more than $300 because $300 for those people who are not math majors, right. <laughs> $300 equals 30% of a thousand. Right. But are you getting ready to tell me that that's not necessarily the best rule of thumb to follow? I mean, so the other biggest myth is, is that my credit score last time I had my credit pull was a 680 and it's a year and a half later. And so that's what my credit score is now. Okay. So your credit score changes weekly, monthly. These creditors all report just once a month. So when you pay down balances or you open new accounts or you charge something different, that changes when your credit file is pulled. And by the way, you only get a credit score when your file is pulled, when it runs through the algorithm. So it's a great idea not to max out your credit cards or that kind of thing. But if you've done that, it's okay. The main thing to remember is, is I want everything to be in line when Dustin pulls my credit report so that this way my balances are low um, when the file is pulled doesn't matter if you're not applying for a car loan or a home loan or anything else, what your credit is like, as long as you're not late, because you're not having it pulled at that time. So I love this. I absolutely love this. This is uh, so many people are all or nothing. Mm -hmm. Hey, you got to be 30%. And you're like, eh, not really. Right. You can max that bad boy out. Just make sure this. Right. Make sure you got your ducks in a row before you go and apply for credit. And that works for the person who plans, or for the person that says, hey, I don't need another car for three years. I'm gonna ride this one in, in, until three years. Right. Might not work so well for the person who's like, oh shit, my transmission just blew. Right. I gotta buy a new car and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pay it down. Yeah. But I love that thought process. And then you said something else that I, I, I totally dig, which, you know, don't, expect that because your credit score was 680 a year ago at 680 today. Right. Absolutely. Right. Like yeah. your credit is like your weight. Mm -hmm. Right. True story. Your weight. Mm -hmm. I got on the scale on Sunday and it said I was 204. Mm -hmm. I got on the scale today. It said I was 197. Well, which one is it? 204 right. or 197? Well, it depends. Sunday marked day three of binge drinking and eating potato chips like they were, you know, <laughs> um, apples and oranges. Right. Like, yeah, I was right. pretty bloated. I was retaining a bunch of, you know, by the time I got to today, then it's like, okay, well, I've gone three days into alcohol. I've drank a gallon of water each day. And I've exercised five times. Right. That's my credit score. Yep. Right. My, my credit score, it's not necessarily 203 or 197. It's ish. Right. Well, that's like you mentioned the seminars. I, that's what I'm seriously passionate about 30 years into doing this is helping our clients. So certified credit, we have simulators on our website where you can, you mentioned, what if he paid down $500 of his credit card? And it would show you what that score would increase to. We have a product called the Wayfinder that puts together a game plan for a consumer that is wanting to increase their score. And look, we look at scores different. Um, we look at not only helping people with trying to qualify for a loan, but we look for that guy that's got a 730, that if we can get him over 740, we just now got him the best possible pricing that the industry Yeah, Yeah, offers. you might have saved him $35 a month on a $400,000 loan because you saved him an eighth in interest rate. Right. Here's what I love. Um, you mentioned Wayfinder and you mentioned a simulator. Right. So this is loan officers. Mm -hmm. If your mortgage company doesn't have a credit vendor that offers this, right. 
you need to start pushing on your management a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Certified is not the only company that offers that. Right. But it's a tool that top originators in the country utilize mm-hmm. to be the best advocates on behalf of their clients. Right. Consumers, right. home buyers, homeowners. Mm-hmm. If your lender isn't having this type of conversation with you where they're saying, hey, I know you qualify at a 710, but man, at a 740, Right. I could I could help you find the cheapest mortgage insurance, possibly cheaper homeowners insurance, mm-hmm. and a better interest rate. And it looks like we have about 60 or 75 days before you're really going to be looking to make an offer. Let's work on some things, but not just some things where we're aimlessly throwing darts at a wall. Right. No. Mm-hmm. Let's get out a real dartboard and let's look at the 20, the bullseye, the 19, and the 18. Right. And let's really target this thing down. And I can give you that advice just because I'm going to hop on this particular website that my credit vendor offers. Right. So I think it's good for people to know because I don't know. I know for a fact not every mortgage professional knows that can be done. Right. Not every realtor and builder knows that can be done. And I highly doubt the end user, the consumer, these home buyers, these 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 auto loan shoppers, like these people don't know that this is available. Right. That's our goal, right? right. Our way today is of giving back is to just open up the thought process to let people know that this is a possibility and to maybe give them a little bit of some tips and some tricks and some nuggets the way that we have. So I've already pulled, it doesn't always have to be 30% of your balance. The rule of thumb is never, ever, ever charge more than 30% of your, of your limit. But really you you just need to make sure that you're paid down to 30% of your limit before you go to apply for, for one of these large loans that we're talking about or better. I mean, that's well, the thing too, yeah. because if you say you're at 30% and on that $1,000, you know, $300 thing, maybe we're at a 619 with a $300 balance. Well, if we pay that down to $50, maybe now all of a sudden we're at a 641. And so, for those that don't know, at 619, you're not qualifying for a conventional loan. Right. At 619, you may not qualify for an FHA loan or a VA loan with many lenders. Mm-hmm. Right. But at a 640, the world starts to open up for you. Right. And that's why that that it's a great rule to keep your balances in check, but it's not it shouldn't be the end all because that opens up into a whole different, you know, scenario with you paying it down more potentially gets you to a different bucket, you know, with that interest rate or something or the homeowner's insurance or the MI insurance might, you know, there's so many different factors with your score that a few points can make a big difference. Um, three quick hits. Mm-hmm. I know we're running a little bit short on time. Sure. But three quick hits I would love to get your insight on. Okay. Inquiries. Yep. Medical collections. Okay. And collections in general. Okay. Let's start with inquiries, if that's all right. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. How bad do inquiries impact my credit score mm-hmm. as a loan officer for the previous 15 plus years? Right. Oh, I don't want you to pull my credit. You're going to hurt my credit score. And I'm right. like... That's like telling a doctor not to take your blood pressure. Like at some point, I kind of got to do this. Right. Yeah. So, but I've never known the right answer to tell someone besides I always use a personal story, which is like, look, in my life, if someone says, can I pull your credit? My answer has always been yes. And my caveat to that is because I'm not out applying for credit all the time. Right. It's maybe three or four times a year. Right. And it's very rarely all at once. Mm -hmm. But what is your take on credit inquiries, Mark? So inquiries uh, on the mortgage side. So generally, and this could be all over the place, but two to five points. So an inquiry is considered a derogatory item. 
You're okay. out applying for derogatory credit. meaning bad. Correct. Okay. So, so the minute I you pull my score, so really when you tell me my score is a seven seventy three, it was really a seven seventy eight. Right. But that inquiry knocked me down five when you pulled my credit. Right. Now the other thing too is is that the way to overcome that objection is in the mortgage and the auto industry, you have a thirty day window to have multiple inquiries where it only deducts the points one time within that 30 days. Thank you for saying that because you just validated something I read two days ago. Mm-hmm. I read 30 days. Right. My yeah. my my radar went up, my, 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 my BS meter went up. Right. But you just said it too. Right. Well, 30 days. Technically one or two, one bureau can be 14 days, one bureau is 30. They're a little different. Okay. But we like to just generalize and say, keep it within 30 days. It's, it's so deducting Waterstone Mortgage, no, let's say this, RP funding pulled my credit mm-hmm. and I was like, uh, <laughs> so I called Rocket and they wanted to pull my credit the next day. Right. After that experience, I was like, uh, so then I called my friends at either Waterstone or Mortgage Firm or FBC or Academy Movement or Fairway. You know, the people who do it the right way, you right. know, those you those professionals that are local, they're in your community and they're professional and they're experienced. Right. I shouldn't be freaked out when that person on day three or day five is like, hey, Mark, I, too, need to pull your credit. Right. You're like, OK, that's fine. Like, I know there's two other companies pull, pull my credit, but I should see if it's within that 30 day window and definitely if it's within a 14 day window. Right. I should see the same exact score that those two people saw? Well, oh, you could. Okay. However, if creditors have reported in that time frame, and that can happen because all the creditors don't report all on the same day of the month. So if now all of a sudden when XYZ Mortgage pulled your credit last week and then ABC pulled it this week, if your credit card company reported within that time frame and your balance is now higher, the newer report will have a lower score because the balance on the credit card has changed. Okay, so let me let me rephrase then. Let it's me rephrase. Fluid, right? I won't be dinged right. for those extra credit inquiries. Correct. So when when lender one pulled my credit, a day later, lender two, five days later, lender three, mm-hmm. I was only dinged once for that credit inquiry because Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian understand that's a mortgage inquiry. Correct. Yep. Now, it's a mortgage inquiry. If I try to apply for a credit card, an auto loan, and some furniture from Haverty's, mm-hmm. I'm assuming my credit would continue to get dinged because those are different type of, of inquiries? Or am I kind of, once I do one inquiry, I'm given a 30-day window? I'm now curious. Yeah, so mortgage and auto are the only ones that does the 30-day window. So, okay. Because they know that you're typically going to shop more than one mortgage company. And okay. You're typically going to shop more than unless one you have a deal. kick-ass loan officer, at which point you're referred the right way. Correct. And you're like, you know what? I'm gonna go with him or her because they're damn good at what they do, and I trust them. But right. and the other thing that I've learned is really good loan officers can also take a look at that report that they maybe had pulled from the other mortgage company before they go jumping right in there to pull a new credit report. And if they can have access, like if you were to look at a report from a different mortgage company from two weeks ago, you maybe not need to pull it right away. You would be able to ascertain this borrower's something. Yeah, I right could. The one out. thing I couldn't do is utilize AUS. Right, and sure. then that, that right. ends up handcuffing me a little bit, especially when we get second opinion looks. Right. And someone's right on the cusp of like, do I qualify? Do I not qualify? Yeah. And I yeah. need to actually run it through. But you're right. right. The, it, for, for anyone tuned in this far, Mm-hmm. 
it is possible to to give your credit report to another professional, have them give it a once over. Right. And at that point, give you an idea of what they can do, but they won't, I'll tell you that I won't be able to do what I need to do without me actually pulling the credit. And don't, don't let me kid you. Like I don't want to pay $50 right. to pull a credit report right. on a transaction that I may or may not close. Mm -hmm. But in order for me to do my job appropriately, I need to. Right. But no, what, what I wanted to make sure of is that that credit ding, right? That three to five points or seven points that I dropped on that hard inquiry. Right. It was only one ding, but I was curious, Mark, if I went and applied for furniture, mm -hmm. it doesn't apply. Right. I get dinged again. If Correct. I go and apply for a discover card, a Walmart card and a target card, right. ding, ding, ding. Yes. But not the good kind of ding, ding, ding. Right. I did. I didn't just win something. Right. That was a ding, 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 yeah. three, five, nine points. I just dropped. Right. And those inquiries could deduct different amounts of points. I'm not really sure what okay. those inquiries do of not being on the market. Not, not, so. not, yeah, that, that's not in your wheelhouse. It's right. credit, but it's not mortgage credit right. the way that you know mortgage credit. Yeah. And as long as it's within that 30 days, you're good because you would not, you would maybe take a look at the other report, but you'd want to pull your report prior to that 30 day expiring so that this way it didn't ding them again for that inquiry. Yep. And so. then here's um, something else I just learned from listening to you. Sure. It's possible for lender one to pull your credit in five days later, three days later, the next day later, lender two to get a different report. Yes. Because it's not like all of our creditors, like maybe it's a Sally Mae and a Nelnet student loan and it's a, a Chase mortgage and it's a Honda finance um, car and a Discover card. It's not like they all say, well, we're going to report on the first. Right. No. no. Discover may report on the seventh. Nelnet may report on the 1st, Honda Finance on the 27th. Right. So if things have changed, mm -hmm. there's a good chance that Mark pulls your credit on Monday, I'll pull your credit on Wednesday, and we get different scores. Right. That's crazy. And that's one of the biggest myths out there, too, is that people will blame you for the loan officer for their score being lower or different. Yeah. Because they're not realizing that your Discover card now has a $500 higher balance on the newer report than the prior. So yeah, the only way you would actually know that is if you compare the two together. Correct. You went line by line, right. apples to apples and said, well, this report shows my limit and my balance being X. Does that match this one? Right. Um, and, and then what if, you know, on Monday there wasn't a medical collection being reported. Right. But all of a sudden on Wednesday, your pediatrician, this is mm -hmm. one of my biggest pet peeves, mm -hmm. stated that you shorted really your insurance company shorted mm -hmm. and no one told you that you owed this money, right. but a $25 medical collection hit your report on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So now on Wednesday, lender B has a credit report that's a hundred points lower than yep. lender A, all because some $25 medical collection hit your report. Yes. Can we talk about medical collections? Yes. What's the latest and greatest? I can't keep up with all the changes when it comes to medical collections. Right. Are they bad? Are they not bad? Do they hurt? Do they not hurt? Like what's, what's the yeah. deal? So that's a big question that I get typically from the realtor or the sales agents at a builder about medical collections. So a medical collection on the mortgage credit score absolutely can deduct 50, 60, 80, a hundred points off your score very easily. Whereas on a consumer credit report, it may not drop that much. It may not drop at all on a medical collection. Where a lot of the myths and the misconceptions come into play is 
can you close a loan with medical collections? Yes. And the answer, of course, is yes, as an awesome loan officer that you are. However, you're just closing that loan with a 100-point lower credit score than you would if that medical collection wasn't there. How easy is it to get medical collections removed? <sighs> yeah. It's, it's never easy, um, but it's worth a try to have the borrower reach out to the medical collection company, especially if it's new. Reach out to them right away and say, if I was to pay this immediately and overnight you a check, is there any possibility that you may remove or delete that trade line from my report? Yeah, you want it removed or deleted. You Correct. do not want it showing as satisfied. Yeah, Showing as satisfied is you raising your hand and saying, yep, I screwed up. Right. Here's the payment. Now it shows up. I have a paid collection, right. which is better than an unpaid collection most times. Yeah. Most not times. Much, not Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. But if you could get them to remove it altogether. Right. Huge. Okay. And most don't or won't. You just have to call and find out which ones will because it's worth the phone call because that hundred points is either the difference of you not getting a loan at all or getting a loan at a much higher interest rate or, you know, all the other things that go into having a lower credit score when you close. So how about collections in general? Yeah. So what, what are some good rules of thumb or some myths or rumors that you can dispel about collections in right. general? So if you're a consumer and you know that you have collections on your report, you want to get the advice from your loan officer that you're going to do the loan with on what to do with those collections moving forward. Don't ever assume and just pay off all your collections and then come see Dustin or one of the other loan officers that you're working with because you may have just put yourself in a worse position, believe it or not, by paying off that collection when underwriting probably would have accepted the loan like it is. And sometimes when you pay off the collections, it updates the account. So the date reported is a very important date on the report. So the date reported means this is when this creditor is sending their information to the credit bureau. So if that collection account hasn't reported to the bureaus in say two or three years, and that date maybe is from 2017 or 2018, and you pay that off, you've now updated that date to 2021. And even though the balance is zero, you may actually deduct points from your score by having paid that collection because the algorithm reads that as that's a current reporting of a collection where it wasn't really taking it that much into account when the date was older. Okay, so, so as I hear you, with that. two things here. Let sleeping dogs lie. Right. If that thing's old and it's been dormant, mm -hmm. you might not want to touch it. But this is why it's imperative that you get with a local trusted advisor, a mortgage consultant, right. who can pull your credit, especially if you know you have collections. Because I'm sure there's going to be some things in there, um, I don't know, a, a car repossession. Mm -hmm. that could be potentially detrimental to you qualifying right. and you and your loan officer would have to navigate that. Right. Or there could be a new collection mm -hmm. at which point that loan officer can maybe use one of your tools right. and look at it and say, well, if you paid off this collection, mm -hmm. would it make your credit score go up by 60 points? Right. Would it have your credit score go down by 60 points or would it do nothing? Right. Well, one of those is good. Right. So that's what you mean by get, especially if you know you have collections. Right. Well, is there a difference between a charge off? Like if something shows it's charged off on my credit report, mm -hmm. is that good? Is that bad? Is that indifferent? What does so, that mean? So a charge off is a step prior to a collection. A charge okay. off generally means that the original creditor, like a credit card from Wells Fargo or Bank of America, that that original creditor is still trying to collect on that debt through their loss mitigation departments that they have. 
before they turn around and sell those to a collection agency. Okay. So a charge off dings your credit about the same as a collection does. It just generally means that the original creditor is who you would be negotiating a payment or settlement with instead of the collection company. Okay, so a charge off doesn't mean, oh, my creditor charged it off. They've already written off the loss. I don't owe them any more money. Right, yeah. No. I still owe them money. If yes. I have a charge off, it's, right. it's for the most part, it's similar or the same as a collection. It just means it hasn't actually gone to that final. Correct. Um, it's almost like being delinquent on my mortgage or be foreclosed on. Right. Before closed on, it's like, hey, you, we've already done. We're, you're 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 down that path. Right. Whereas in the foreclosure process, means no no no, you're behind four plus months. Right. We're reaching out to you. We're trying to work with you. But if you don't work with us sooner than later, we're going to have to send you off. Right. Charge off is a step before a collection. Both are bad. Right. Okay. Right. I've actually had had consumers say, oh no, that that one's charged off. Yeah. And in their mind, that one's charged off meant. The creditor has already written it off of their books. Therefore, I don't owe them the money. And that therefore, very, they're they're cool with it. Right. And that that very well could be the case. Could it? But their credit score is 100 points lower because they have a charge off on the credit report reporting. Yeah. And depending on the type of loan that you're qualifying for and the lender you're using, right. they may still need you to either set money aside for when and if you have to pay it, create some kind of a payment to start paying it off. Right. Or have you pay it off altogether, all depending on the type of loan that you're qualifying for, the type of property, right. the lender you're using, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, it could it, be like the collection. You can still do the loan. You're just going to do it at a lower credit score than you would have. And depending on what the underwriter feels like you need to do with that charge off, but it's hurting your credit. And that's really the main thing. Do you ever advise people to try to settle for less than amount owed? Yeah. Like, like I have a $8,000 collection. Mm-hmm. Could I, is it, is it rumor or is it real? Like I could pick up the phone, introduce myself, give them the information regarding it's on my credit report and say, Hey, look, I can send you three grand today. I don't have eight grand right. and would, and get them to settle for that. Is that still advice that is worth giving and then obviously worth, worth doing? Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, much better to pay three grand than eight grand. The collection's going to stay unless you can negotiate with that collection company again. If I pay you something, will you remove it? If not, they're just going to report it and it's going to say account settled for less than the full balance. I'm sure you've seen that a million times on reports. Mm -hmm. Same as a short sale, you know, settled for less than the full amount or what have you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a great way. If you're really trying to work on your credit and you have a ton of collections, that would be my recommendation. You're not going to mysteriously get them all off of there. These credit repair companies that play around with the dispute tools and Let, play games oh gosh. is an end result that's frustrating for the borrower down the road. It's a um, frustrating result for the borrower, the borrower's lender, and uh, yeah, just don't go to just don't go there. Right. Like it reminds me of that commercial. Don't go there. Five dollars. Don't go there. Like don't go there. Don't. Don't go to this game of I'm going to dispute it. And if they don't respond within 30 days, I got to remove it. Right. It, it, it creates such a rat's nest right. that um, it makes it very difficult to unwind. No, I'm a big fan of telling people like, look, there's two ways that you pay off a collection. Mm -hmm. The first way, don't do it. Mm -hmm. And that's making payments on it. Right. I'm not a fan okay. of watching someone make payments on a collection right. for what you said earlier about when you had that sleeping dog, that, that collection has been reported for three years right. and you start making payments of a hundred bucks a month. Well, that's, let's say it takes you 30 months to pay that off. Mm -hmm. That's every single month you're having that collection being reported. 
right. being reported, being reported. I am a big fan of save your money, save your money, take the hundred dollars, put it aside, put it aside, put it aside. And every six months, call them and say, Hey, I have 600 bucks. Will you settle? Right. Nope. Next six months, I have 1200 bucks. Will you settle? Next six months, I have 1800 bucks. Will you settle? Right. Until eventually you're going to get them to say yes. And then you can settle for less than amount owed. The collection shows as zero right. and it's totally wiped out. Right. Is that good advice I'm giving? Or is there something that... I mean, from a credit standpoint, you know, it's. I think it's good advice for financially helping somebody figure out a way to tackle a bad debt. Um, but from a credit standpoint, I mean, it's, you know, it's six of one. Okay. Deal. So um, I, my fear would be that I'd watch someone's credit continue to decline if, like, I'm assuming that because I was making payments, right. they were reporting. Right. And if I didn't make payments, they wouldn't report. I guess that's the assumption that yeah. that you're making because the counter to that would be, well, D.O., just because you're not making payments right. doesn't mean they're not every month reporting you. Yeah. So my, my thought process only works on the assumption that if you don't make payments, they won't report you. Right. Which some report it every month, some report it every quarter, some report it once a year. So it, there's so many factors that go into that. I don't want to say that that's right or wrong advice to give to somebody. I think it would just depend on yeah, their so, financial situation. So the credit reporting in general, credit scores in general, it's a whole lot of fuzzy math, huh? Yeah. it's yeah On purpose. Mm-hmm, right. I mean, Equifax, TransUnion, Experian, they don't want you to know their secret sauce. They don't want you to know their formulas. They want to keep you on your toes. They want to keep you guessing. Right. And then you have the creditors. Mm-hmm. Some pay the money to report to all three. Some Right. Their business models only have them reporting to one. Right. Then you have collection agencies. Some choose to report monthly, some right. quarterly, some annually, some not at all. And as a consumer, we're left here guessing. Right. Now, the easiest thing to do, and this is what I want to end today's episode on. Sure. The easy, easiest thing to do is don't go into collection. Mm-hmm. Don't max out your credit cards. Right. But you yes. are not just an awesome businessman, an expert in the credit industry. You're also a husband. You're also a kick-ass dad. And your children are adult age. Right. Like new adults too, like 21 and 24, right? Right. What advice did you give them about credit? Because that's what I want to I end this episode with. Right. Mark Tetta, 30 years in the industry, 21 years at, at – um, Certified. At Certified Credit. <laughs> I know you knew. Oh, my goodness. Right. Well, I'm, I'm getting a little cotton mouth. Right. <laughs> but what's, what advice did you leave to your children about credit – especially you knowing everything you know about it. Right. So be responsible. You have to get credit in order to have credit report. So my daughter's opened up a couple of credit cards. We started out, she was an authorized user on our cards. When she got a job, she opened up her own credit cards. So now she has two. She has a great credit score. She knows not to charge more than she can pay that she has to make those payments now that she's all on her own. She's off the payroll, if you will, (laughs) which is awesome. Good job, girl. Um, And with my son, he's a junior. So those open up a can of worms where we may possibly have mixed credit files later down the road. But really to Oh, any, he's a junior. I mean, he's Mark Jr. He is Mark. Mike okay. Jr. I, I, I mean, he's a junior exactly. in college. Yes, what no. does that mean? Is that like the year that he's going <laughs> to you know, go out there and, okay, make some bad decisions? No, that's for your freshman year, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. boys and girls. Your freshman year, you make bad decisions. By your junior year, you got to have your shit together. Right. But you meant your son, Mark, is a junior. Correct. Which means that he and you, going into the future, as he becomes a, a more established adult. Right. 
he may struggle with some of your stuff popping up on his credit report and vice versa. Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Which, which happens in my office every day. We're dealing with juniors and seniors. So just keep on top of it. But that's really the best advice. It's just like the old saying, just because you have checks left in your checkbook doesn't mean that you have money. You know, most of our audience doesn't even know what a check, check. is. Oh, yeah. True Sorry. story. So shout out to Alex Klein. Alex Klein is a UCF graduate. I mentored him uh, for two years, his last two years at UCF. He uh, worked for a company that I'm involved in as an intern. He just got hired on full time. I was checking in on Alex. I was checking in on uh, the partner uh, over at uh, the investment group that Alex has works for. And the partner was chuckling. He's like, guess what I had to do before I headed, headed out of town? I go, what's that? He goes, I had to teach Alex how to write a check. <laughs> He's like, I was going to be out of town for 10 days. And you know, there's still certain vendors that they use. They, they want a check. Right. And he's like, this kid had no idea how to write a check. So you right. use your check analogy. I get it. JC gets it, but right. not, yeah, not everyone gotcha. gets it. Right. But no, the thing about credit is use it. Right. Use it wisely. Mm-hmm. Pay on time all the time. Every time. It's like everything. Be responsible. Right. Drink. Yep. Responsible. Cuss. Right. Responsible. Be right. late to work. Uh, next to never. But if you do have a good reason for it, do it responsibly. Right. You know, like be, be a grown ass adult and do things that make sense and that are always right. Right. But then take it one step further. Make sure you're monitoring your credit, both by you getting an annual report Mm -hmm. as well as, um, paying a small fee to have a service to keep you away from the fraudsters. So you don't have to go through what Mark and his wife had to just recently go through. Right. And then when you do go to apply for financing, especially large purchases like homes and cars, make sure you get your ducks in a row. If you have some credit cards that for whatever reason they were maxed out, maybe you just had a really expensive work trip. This happens to me. Sure. And I put it all on my personal credit card and I'm waiting for my expense reimbursement to come back. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to be cognizant of that if I'm trying to apply for a home loan or apply for an auto loan right. so I can get that credit card paid down before I actually go and and have my credit pulled for my qualification. Yep. Excellent. Awesome. Mark, great. thank you so much for driving up to Orlando to do this episode of the Loan Officer Podcast. Again, if you're tuning in for the first time and you made it this far, holy cow, you're freaking amazing, and thank you. Um, Know that we are everywhere you can find podcasts. That's Apple, that's Spotify, that's Google Play, even on YouTube at the Loan Officer Podcast. And if you want to follow our social uh, media, we are on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, at the Loan Officer Podcast. He's Mark Tetta. He is on LinkedIn. I am Dustin Owen. I am on LinkedIn. And I will look forward to catching you on the next episode. Mark, if they want to catch you, phone number again is 561-371-5754. And the email address? Mark at certifiedcredit.com. That's Mark with Certified Credit. Thank you. That's all the time we have for you today. Deuces.